0: I recently read about a man who hated Christians. He did everything in his power to ridicule them and to destroy their reputation in the community. He even hated Christians so much that he was trying to get them arrested. And the worst of all, this man was sometimes involved with murdering them. Everyone who lived in his city and the surrounding area had heard about him. And his one terrible goal, destroy everyone who follows Jesus. You see, he thought Christians were liars. At one point, he was even traveling around his country going door to door, hunting down Christians. But one day... His whole life changed. As he was traveling to a distant city to go after the Christians there, Jesus appeared to him. He blinded the man and told him to wait until he was told what to do next. A few days passed, and a man named Ananias, sent by Jesus, came to this man and healed him of his blindness. And as soon as he was healed, he was baptized. Some of you might have guessed it, but the person I'm talking about is the Apostle Paul. He had lived as an enemy of God, but baptism had completely changed his life. And today, we're going to hear about a baptism that we received. Baptism. Baptism the washing that changes your life because it creates a new life of repentance in you and that life is connected to the life of Jesus. When it comes to baptism, Paul was someone who got it. He understood what had happened to him at his baptism. He looks at himself and he sees this disgusting sinner What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? He knew what he deserved. Think about all of the sinful baggage he brought along. A murderer, enemy of God. He sees his sin. He feels the guilt. And he cries out, I'm a sinner. I must Rescued. And God brought him just that deliverance. Thanks be to God, who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. From that point on, Paul's whole life changed. Paul would still struggle with sin, but he knew that he could always go back to his deliverer, and there he would find forgiveness. That's exactly the message that John the Baptist was preaching in our lesson. Listen again to verse 4. John was preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. It's all about repentance and forgiveness. When you're baptized, something inside of you changes. Your heart goes from cold, callous stone to a heart of living flesh. You don't want to be God's enemy anymore. But just like Paul, we still continue to struggle with sin even after our baptism. We look at all the ways we sin and we say, what a wretched man I am. If baptism was just a normal washing with water, we wouldn't have any hope of being anything more than wretched sinners. But John tells us what the true power source of baptism is in verse 8. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. John knew he was just a man, just an instrument that God was using to carry out his work. That's why he wore the camel hair clothing. That's why he ate the meager diet of locusts and honey. He didn't want the attention. But he shined that spotlight onto the Savior, who makes baptism effective by giving something that only he can give. The Holy Spirit. The Spirit with whom you were baptized gives you this promise. You are in good standing before God. The Spirit, it's a seal of ownership on you, guaranteeing you all of God's promises. Your sins are forgiven. Eternal life is yours. It's like the wristband that you get at the amusement park. If security asks you if you're paid for, all you do is show them that wristband. When God looks at us, he doesn't see a dirtied sinner, but he sees the Spirit, the sign that this one has been cleansed from sin. And because we have this new seal on our hearts, we want to live that life of repentance. We will continue to mess up here on earth. We will keep sinning. But when we do, we get to point back to the one that John preached about, the one more powerful than I. I see my sin, I repent of it, and I turn back to my God, my Savior, who promised me forgiveness in baptism. That's how baptism changes your life. And now you, child of God, get to go back to your dear Father again. And again, sorrowful over your sins, but at peace through the promised forgiveness brought to you through the Spirit. So, you have this new life. That's awesome. But this baptismal life is not one that you live all on your own. But this new life, it's connected to a better and different life, the life of Jesus. Once again, Paul got it. Just listen to how he describes his connection to Christ at baptism. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. There it is. Paul, this once persecuting, murdering enemy of God, could now say, I am connected to God himself. And that bridge between Paul and Jesus was that special washing of baptism. And notice, Paul didn't say, I was baptized into Christ Jesus, but we have been baptized into Christ Jesus. This means that you and me, we have been connected to the life of Christ, including that baptism we read about for today. At this point, you might be thinking to yourself, well, why was Jesus baptized? I know why I need it. I'm that wretched sinner that needs that new life of repentance. But Jesus, he lived a perfect life. So he didn't need this washing to create a new life of repentance. So Jesus didn't need to be baptized. And if you are thinking that right now, you're right. Jesus didn't need to be baptized. So, why did he receive it then? Remember Jesus' mission here on earth. To live the perfect life that we never could. That meant doing everything required of a believer, but doing it perfectly. So, at his baptism, Jesus was demonstrating that perfect obedience. And on top of a perfect life, Jesus did this work among sinners. When Jesus allowed himself to be baptized, he was identifying with sinners like us, Becoming more like us so that he could be our substitute. So that he could take our place. That's who Jesus was. And on that day, God made sure everyone at the Jordan River knew who Jesus was. Everything that happened at his baptism was a public announcement. Picture this. In medieval times, whenever a king would enter one of his cities, there would be a huge procession. So now imagine, you're one of those subjects living in that city. First, you hear the fanfare being blasted on the trumpets. And then you see the herald running down Main Street, shouting at the top of his lungs, The king! The king! The king is here! And then shortly behind him come the soldiers, marching in their shining armor. And finally, riding on his valiant horse, it's the king. Everything that took place was sending the same message. This person entering your city is the king. That's exactly what happened at Jesus' baptism. Start with verse 10. He saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. This wasn't a happy coincidence. Hundreds of years before that moment, Jesus inspired the prophet Isaiah to say, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. And that was talking about Jesus. How do we know that? Well, Jesus applied this very verse to himself the first time that we hear him read from scripture in the synagogue, the Jewish church. And if you were to go look at Isaiah chapter 61, where that verse came from, you'd find this description of the servant and everything he had come to do. Free captives. Bring comfort. Yeah, that's exactly what Jesus came to do. He was that promised Messiah that God's people had been waiting for. And the Spirit descending on him was making just that point. This Is my servant, your Savior. Now put yourself in the shoes of some of those people at the Jordan River that day. Seeing heaven torn open and the Spirit descending would be enough to blow my mind, at least for the next week. But then on top of that, all of a sudden you hear God's voice speaking You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. It doesn't get any clearer than that. God could only say this statement about Jesus because he was the only one who had ever lived a perfect life. Jesus was special because he was the only human in all of history to earn God's favor. Before baptism, we couldn't even dream of ever having God's favor. We were just like Paul, blind in our sin, enemies of God. But because God has changed your life in baptism, you are now connected to Jesus, our substitute, the Messiah who brings you freedom, the Son of God with whom God is pleased. You get to live a new life because your life has been connected to Christ. Through baptism, you receive the title Son and Daughter of God. Through baptism, you can say, God is pleased with me because you're connected to the perfect life of Christ. Through baptism, you can have full confidence in your resurrection, Because you are connected to Christ, who didn't stay dead in that tomb, but rose back to eternal life. This is a new life that you live, completely changed through baptism. Once again, Paul got it. He knew what his baptism meant. And now, you can say that you get it too. Never forget what baptism is this special washing that has completely changed your life because it creates this new life in you, one that is repentant over your sin, but joyful in the promised forgiveness, a life that is right now connected to Jesus so that when God looks at you, he says, you are my child for my love. With you, I am well pleased. Baptism has changed your life. Now you get to go live it. Amen. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.